We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the delicious, smooth Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee gives you a great one-two punch. It provides you with delicious coffee and also the CBD infusement that it has. And CBD helps with aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's going on with your body. It helps relieve and it also helps calm down those coffee jitters. So it really is the perfect one-two punch. Get that caffeine but then help keep the the coffee jitters away. And we've got a great one-two punch. If you use the magical code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off your online purchase at Strava Craft Coffee. And if you already used the magical code DNVR20 at Strava Craft Coffee, then subscribe to them and you'll save 20% on every single order. You'll also never have to put in your credit card information again, and you can get your coffee automatically delivered to you every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks at that 20% off price. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee. You can even get a cup down at the DNVR bar where we've got Strava Craft Coffee on tap as cold brew. It is delicious. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee. Use that magical code DNVR20 if you haven't tried Strava yet. And if you have, make sure to subscribe and save 20%. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday edition, week three of the Denver Broncos season. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you guys about MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to, to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver does a great job of making sure that they cater the classes to what you need and the skills you need after you graduate. We have a couple people taking classes uh, at thednvr.com over at MSU Denver Online, and they say just that. It's, it's real-world professors teaching you what you need to know after you graduate. So make sure to check them out. 
at msudenver.edu slash online. They have over 40 online and hybrid programs and over 750 classes. So anything you're interested in, MSU Denver Online will have it. So check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace, what's going on? How are you doing? Welcome home after your first road trip of the season. Oh, thank you. It's too bad we're not doing this on camera because everybody could look over one shoulder and see a Bucks helmet and look over another shoulder and see a Bucks helmet. <laughs> oh, it's very it's, true. It is Bucks it's, week. It's Bucks week and the uh, and the intrigue, at least from Central Florida in general, which includes Orlando, just up the road from Tampa. And the connections, they just increased a little on Tuesday morning here. We're going to get into that in just a sec. We did. And what you're talking about, Mace, is the Broncos are going to sign quarterback Blake Bortles to a one-year deal, bringing him in to go along with Jeff Driscoll and Brett Rippon while Drew Locke is injured. And Mace, when I say the Broncos are signing Blake Bortles, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well... <sighs> I think that's it right there. <laughs> okay. He's not as bad as everyone makes him out to be. He's not, this isn't to say he's good. It's just that he's not as bad as everyone makes him out to be. Hey, he's the garbage time goat. Well, <laughs> one of them. He threw six garbage time touchdowns. And by garbage time, I mean down. 17 or more points in the second half. Mm, yeah, that's garbage time. Yeah. Down, down 17 or more points in the second half. He threw six touchdowns in 2015 and six touchdowns in 2016. And only three quarterbacks have done that more in a single season, including, by the way, Peyton Manning in 02 had seven garbage time touchdowns for the Indianapolis Colts. How do you like that? So maybe he's not the garbage time goat. Maybe it's Peyton Manning. But, yeah. I think the thing is, Blake Bortles, he's become a punchline. But the truth is, he's probably better than Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> right. And the other truth on Blake Bortles is that if he does have to play some snaps for the Broncos, well, you know what? He hasn't had a group of collective weapons as strong as the ones he would have in Denver, even without Cortland Sutton. When you talk about Judy and, K and KJ Hamler and the promise they've shown and Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay in the backfield having two backs rather than just one. Of course, he had Fournette back in 2017 who was running over people. And, he had, and he'd have Noah Fan at tight end. So all wouldn't be lost. But look, I mean, let's also take note of this. This is a third quarterback coming in in an emergency situation. If Blake Bortles has to play, it means that either Jeff Driscoll got hurt or Jeff Driscoll was terrible, which means the Broncos were, if he's terrible, the Broncos were losing. So this is an insurance policy on top of an insurance policy, but it is fun to discuss. And yeah, I think we're all having a little fun today, but still, you know. <laughs> yeah. like Bortles. Yeah, and you, you know what? The Broncos are without Drew Locke and Mace. Once the Broncos signed Jeff Driscoll to be their backup quarterback and didn't shell out the money for like a Chase Daniels like you wanted, we kind of knew if Drew Locke got hurt for an extended period of time, the Broncos were probably going to be in a very tough position. So, you know, we, we've cried over it yesterday and, the, and on Sunday. We understood 
uh, you know, the hardship that could be coming the Broncos way. And now just have some fun with it. And I think that's what a lot of people have been doing, but nice. Well, what I think of this signing is the Broncos just got Jeff Driscoll with experience. You know, that, that, that's the type of guy that they just brought in. They both have actually very similar stats. It's, it's eerie how similar they are. Touchdown to interception ratio is similar and including uh, Blake's garbage time touchdowns. Yeah. Their completion percentage is 59%. Their passer rating is nearly identical. Uh, Blake Bortle has a career 80.6 passer rating. Jeff Driscoll, 80.2. Uh, Blake Bortles throws for 75 yards more per game than Jeff Driscoll, but Jeff Driscoll does some stuff with his feet. Um, both but so does Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles has a career rushing average of 6.2 yards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really are just like two sides of the same coin. Yeah, they, they really, really <laughs> are. And they both have terrible, terrible winning percentages. Oh. Jeff Driscoll is a lot worse than Blake Bortles, but Blake Bortles and his career, including playoffs, is uh, 26 and 50, and Jeff Driscoll is one and seven, of course, not counting Sunday because he did not get the start on Sunday. So that that's what you're dealing with. So do I hate this move? No, I don't hate this move. Does this move move the needle for me and make me feel like the Broncos are going to win a couple more games when Drew's out? No, it doesn't. But also, Mace, I think what's important here is the contract. One-year deal, mm-hmm. vet men. So it's a minimum deal. So that's why I'm not going to say this is a bad move because it's not, uh, you know, and on the other hand, Brett Rippon, who Blake Bortles may be taking the job of, he, he may be the backup starting this week. Brett Rippon has played in zero games. And I know some people, you know, after seeing some, uh, some of him on the, on the field last preseason, they say, well, give him a shot. That's just, it's so hard for me to think that because I just know it is like the most anti NFL thing to do is have an undrafted rookie that's played zero games, have a chance to start for you. So not surprised that they brought a guy just like Jeff Driscoll in. Yeah. And I know that they don't want anybody to kind of threaten Drew Locke, but uh, the name that keep, I keep coming back to is Jameis Winston. I know a lot of people are thinking about Cam Newton because the Patriots got him on that unbelievable deal where even if he plays every game, he's still not going to make $2 million where he's, it's basically like an actor working a big time actor, big Hollywood actor working for scale. Um, So I get that, but at the same time, there were legitimate health questions about Cam Newton. So I think, I mean, not the greatest person in the world. We all know this, but at the same time, Jameis Winston, he probably would have pushed Drew Locke, and I think they didn't want anybody to push Drew Locke. They just wanted to make sure it was comfortable. So then, fine, sign Chase Daniel. The Detroit Lions thought so much of Jeff Driscoll, they replaced Jeff Driscoll with Chase Daniel. I just, I I don't know. I I don't, you know, part of it is, Zach, when the Broncos signed Driscoll, and he did turn in a good performance on Sunday, and maybe that will be what he does here with better weapons than he had in Cincinnati and had in Detroit. Maybe he'll play like that again. I suspect that it's unlikely he will because everybody's going to have time to prepare for him. They're going to go off the film from the Pittsburgh game and they're going to adjust accordingly. But you knew that you might have to go to a backup at some point. I just, I wish, 
I wish the position had been backstopped a little bit better. And now, I mean, Blake Bortles just, it feels like you're grasping at a straw here. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really does. And that's kind of where, where I was after I thought about this and after thinking, okay, this is just Jeff Driscoll. Why do they wait until week three to make this move? I understand that after week one, contracts are no longer guaranteed, but they were going to sign a backup quarterback anyway. Did Blake Bortle just want more money back in free agency? We know the Broncos like Blake Bortles. They've tried to bring him in a couple of times now, and this is this time it appears it's going to work out after going through uh, COVID protocols. But you put yourself behind the eight ball, bringing him in, you know, right before the week three's game, instead of having him in your building, having him learn things. Mace, if you sign Blake Bortles in the offseason, the same time you signed Jeff Driscoll, who would you feel more comfortable starting this week in week three? Jeff Driscoll or Blake Bortles? No question, you'd be starting Blake Bortles. Right. Because you would lean on the fa- – even though I don't believe in the QB win stat, and I, I know you brought it up, but – it's bigger than that. But even though Blake Bortles' career numbers are mediocre, I would still lean on the fact that this guy has played some big, high-leverage games and has had success in them. Yeah. He was, he was not terrible when the Jaguars made their run to the AFC Championship game back in 2017. Actually, you could say in some ways, he played the best ball of his career in those three games. I mean, it was... Definitely, they were riding Leonard Fournette. He averaged under 200 passing yards per game. His completion percentage was 57.6, but he didn't throw an interception. He allowed the Jaguars to have a chance to win. And that's, the, that's kind of what you, you would ask of him right now is, okay, in 2017, Blake, in that playoff run, and even to some degree in the regular season, you managed to avoid the big mistake. Can you do that again? Right. Can you try, you know, throw to the open man, even if it's Noah Fant two yards in front of the line of scrimmage in the right flat. Throw to the guy who's open. Trust that with Fant, KJ Hamler, Melvin Gordon, that you have guys who can get some yardage after the reception, even if you're just taking the check down, make the prudent decision. Don't be afraid to run. Of course, we're going to be saying that with Jeff Driscoll as well, and I wrote that in my piece on thednvr.com that you can read right now that uh, we plugged on Facebook this morning. Don't be afraid to get him outside the pocket and let him take off and give him that sort of freedom because this is part of the success equation that's going to make this work if it can work over the next three to five weeks. Exactly. You, you, you have to do that, Mace. And you have to try to steal a game. And stealing a game is not beating the Jets. That is not a steal or beating the Dolphins. Those are two games where if you want to be in it for this year and give yourself a shot with the final nine games after the bye week with Drew Locke, you have to win both of those games and then try to steal one more game, whether it's against the Bucks, whether against it's the Patriots, whether it's <laughs> against the Chiefs, which I don't think it'll be against the Chiefs. but uh, And, and you got to be creative because Jeff Driscoll, we, we kind of know what he is. And you saw his ceiling last week in terms of a passer. He was, he was very, very good, uh, really exceeded my expectations as a passer. So, so you have to get creative. But Mace, this just – there's one thing that 
potentially I don't really like about this move. And that's just the quarterback carousel that could happen because of this. We know Blake Bortles is not going to be the starter this week for the Broncos. So it's going to be Jeff Driscoll. I have to imagine, even if Jeff Driscoll plays really bad, it's going to be Jeff Driscoll in week four against the Jets because you have a short week. You're probably not making a big quarterback change in a short week uh, playing on Thursday night. But then let's say Jeff Driscoll struggles. It's probably the right decision to switch quarterbacks if he's really bad, and especially if you lose to the Jets. But then you're starting another quarterback in Blake Bortles against New England. That's quarter Blake. Uh, yes, quarter Blake. QB. Quarter Blake, baby. I love it. Let's ride the quarter Blake. And then that's just so much turnover for this offense, this young offense, these young weapons that the Broncos have even though it's probably the right move to do if Jeff Driscoll struggles, it's, it's just tough for the offense. So, and then, you know, a couple weeks later, you'll bring Drew Locke back, which of course is the right move, but it's just going to be so much bouncing around. So my question to you, Mace, is does Blake Bortles start a game for the Denver Broncos? Well, if Elijah Wilkinson can't keep opposing edge rushers, out of the backfield, he probably will because Jeff Driscoll might get killed if Shaq Barrett has his way. Yeah. Going forward. Yeah. It very well, very well could happen. So what's your guess? Does he start? My guess is I'm not going to say he'll start. I will say he'll play. Okay. At some point, Blake Bortles will come in. Yeah, I do think Blake Bortles will play for the Broncos. I, I do think he'll play. And the pride of UCF. Yes, yes. I say this with a, a, a USF helmet over my shoulder here next to the Bucks helmet in my Man, office. Yeah, we got it all in here, Mace. We got the USF helmet oh. next to the Buccaneers helmet and then across the room from another Bucks helmet. Those are sweet Bucks helmets, too. Oh, thank you. And we've got some uh, – I got the uh, wall decorations here in the uh, – in the relocate office right now here in, down in the Southern suburbs. So it actually feels a little bit like home and a little bit more attractive on camera. Although you can see me, but we're doing this straight up audio today. So now the, the studio is ready to go, but yeah, I, I did spotlight the Bucks helmet and the USF helmet this week because we are talking a lot of Tampa stuff. We got you know, <laughs> to play it, it up. Uh, I'll, I'll, br- it. I'll bring in the uh, old Buccaneer, uh, fight song for you at some point this week just to get everyone in the mood <laughs> beautiful hey <Nice> hey <laughs> tampa bay the bucks know how to shine <laughs> will you be singing that on sunday no not in the press box in the press <laughs> box uh, look in the press box i'm all business as you know yeah yeah but uh right now we're gonna have a little fun when uh when was the last bucks game you saw in person was it uh was it when 20- the broncos were out there with trevor 2016, Trevor got, uh, you know, Trevor got knocked out of the game by Clinton McDonald, a guy who had a cup of coffee in Broncos camp a little, little bit after that. And, of course, that was the game that Paxton Lynch came in. That was his brightest moment. Although Paxton Lynch's other bright moment when he started and won came against the Jacksonville Jaguars, led by 
Blake Bortles. <laughs> See how this all comes together? Wow. It's like the Bermuda Full Triangle. Circle. <laughs> Full circle. I love it. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Oh, boy. We got to have some fun here with this. I mean, this yeah, we're, and we're, we're going to have fun because that's what we do. And, man, the Broncos are helping us with that. So uh, welcome to Quarter Blake, as, uh, as we'll call it now, Mace. Yeah, and uh... – you know, there's there's got to be a, a a Blake Street reference in, of course, the Rocky to, to the Rockies, the Blake Street Bombers. Maybe, you know, maybe he can be the Blake bomb, Blake the Bomber. I don't know. We got to work on that. I'm thinking out loud here. With all all this stuff is running through my mind. I'm thinking of the Keen Peel sketch of uh, the teacher says, "Blocke, Blocke, D nice." I'm thinking of the Simpsons where Bart goes to Itchy and Scratchy land and is looking for one of those little license plates that has your name on it. He's like going through Barkley, Bert. Can't find Bart, but he finds Bort. <laughs> oh, man, Mace. I'm, I'm happy we're Mammy, having... Mammy, Mammy, buy me a license plate. No Bort. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mace, I'm happy we're having fun with this because, man... The official news yesterday was tough. J- just to, guy- to give you guys the quick update, Drew Locke yeah. is out three to five weeks with a shoulder injury, which so he'll miss at least the Bucks game, the Jets game, and the Patriots game. Uh, and then if he's out the five weeks, he'll be out through the bye week and then could be back against Atlanta in Atlanta. Um, that's, you know, a big reason why they signed Blake Bortles. Draymond right. Jones was put on IR yesterday. Uh, he could be out four to six weeks with uh, a PCL sprain and a bone bruise in his knee. Just brutal. Demarcus Walker looks to be out with a calf injury. And, of course, it becomes official, but we already knew. Cortland Sutton out for the year uh, with torn ACL and MCL. So a lot of, uh, lot of bad things happening. So I'm, I'm happy we can laugh through it, Mace. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was tough for Cortland. Uh, You've gone back and watched the play, right, Zach? Yes. Where he got hurt. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is the way he grabs his knee as he, right, right as he's actually falling, as he makes the tackle, he, I think he, he knew it was bad right then and there, the way he reached for his knee. Yeah. Yeah. That it's just, and you can and just, I mean, you just hope that he's okay on the other side of this. I mean, longtime Broncos fans probably had, a Terrell Davis flashback because he was making a tackle after a turnover. Right. And that's when he tore up his knee. Of course, fortunately for Cortland Sutton, we're a couple of decades down the line. Rehab technologies and protocols have improved over the years. So hopefully he'll be okay on the other side, but having that injury come like that, that's frustrating. Of course, that being said, in this case, I mean, the, the turnover kind of happened because it bounced off his hands. It was just kind of, you know, he was trying to, trying to, trying to clean up the mess. He was hustling. He was doing what you should do in that scenario, you know, trying, trying to, uh, to mitigate the damage a little bit. And it's really sad to see him lost for the season like that. He only got out there for, uh, I believe he had 11 plays with Drew Locke this year. 11 Man, that that is brutal. 31 snaps in total, three catches uh, for 66 yards, and that 
is uh, is Cortland Sutton season, unfortunately. And man, just saying the thing about Terrell Davis, that is yeah, that is very very scary. Um, and I mean, Mike Kliss initially reported it as a uh, Cortland Sutton tore up his knee, which just yeah. seemed absolutely you know gruesome and extreme, but. You know, torn ACL and MCL, that's, you know, that's what it is. It's, it's bad, bad news. So uh, best, best wishes to Cortland Sutton. He is officially done for the year. The Broncos will replace him, not by signing a Blake Bortles, but just with guys on the roster. I have to imagine Tyree Cleveland takes a big step up and will be active for every game from here on out. And Mace, we got a little nightcap last night, not oh. just with the Raiders beating the Saints, but as John Gruden wasn't wearing his mask, Vic Fangio got thrown a huge fine. Find $100,000 personally for not wearing his mask during the game on Sunday. And the team was fined $250,000 for Vic not wearing his mask. What did you think of that? Yeah, well, the team fine is really interesting about this because – it's basically implying that you want the, that the NFL wants the organizations to put pressure on its people. And you know what? A $250,000 team fine is not insignificant. Not when teams are hemorrhaging money compared to a normal year because they're operating at limited or no capacity. Right. So yeah, that, that hits the teams where it hurts. I also hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. It also it it also tells you. I mean, the NFL. Uh, this is this is serious business, and uh, I'm, you know, our coach is going to to follow this, or are they going to say, okay, I got to yell something, and I'm going to take my mask off? And I mean, they're. I don't. You know, maybe we've seen the last of the fines. Maybe everybody's going to get the message. But boy, oh boy, when I saw that number. And I saw the team fine. That that took me aback a little bit. And a hundred thousand dollars for the coach, I mean, gracious. I mean, that's they're obviously they're they earn a lot of money, but still, I mean, this is ah, this this is bad. But I, I'll say this as well. I mentioned this on Twitter, and there was that story that Charles Robinson of Yahoo wrote last month about coaches not necessarily adhering to COVID nineteen protocols. He said that uh, one team employee said, quote, I could have probably reported my head coach 10 times by now for doing things he's not supposed to be doing, unquote. Another employee with an NFL team said, the coaches, it's always going to be looser with the rules. We have some coaches who don't even believe this is a real thing. So, you know, those guys aren't going to be following everything, unquote. And then another NFL team employee said that, uh, the coach was the biggest rule breaker in the building. Hmm. So, I mean, I, we don't, I'm not saying that this is any of the coaches that were fined, including Vic Fangio, but clearly you've, you've got an issue here that, that you're, that you're going to have to remedy. Yeah. And, I, and that's why, and that's why the fines are so great. This is, this is the warning to everybody in the league. And, you have these three coaches, and I would expect after the fines that were reported Monday night by Adam Schefter that we're going to hear about Sean Payton and John Gruden and the Saints and Raiders being fined next because that was very visible last night. Yes, we will. I'm, I'm surprised no one uh, got into either of the coaches' ears during halftime and said, hey, 
if you don't want to be fined $100,000, you probably want to wear your mask in the second half. Um, because Mace, that's, that's exactly what I thought. I thought, man, these are felt. If it was a $10,000 fine for the coach and a $25,000 fine for the team, uh, Vic would, you know, the, these coaches probably wouldn't change their ways. $100,000 is felt by Vic Fangio. You know, that's about half a game check for him, uh, assuming his salary is right around what, what I imagine a coach's salary is in a couple million dollar range. So that's significant. You feel that, Mace. And so um, I, I would imagine that this would make the, the coaches change their mind. And to me, it makes sense to do this from the NFL standpoint because they are taking so many precautions when it comes to COVID that they want to make sure that in, in the national spotlight, when these coaches aren't, aren't wearing their masks, that, that, is, that, is, uh, that they say that, that is not okay. So not a surprise there. And uh, all I'll say is put your masks on, guys, because that's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's 5% of a Hallmark Christmas movie budget. Oh my God. And we know how Vic <laughs> loves his Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> we start coming on the air what? And around around mid October? I mean Yeah, we're almost there. Happy oh uh, Merry yeah. Christmas season, according to Hallmark. You might not be able to spring for the fake snow if you have a hundred thousand dollars taken out of your Hallmark budget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Which is man. important because they're filming a lot of those movies in July and August. They need to fake <laughs> No, it's true. It's true, man. Just, just imagine what type of bet you could place on DraftKings Sportsbook if you had an extra $100,000 in your pocket. Well, one thing that you can do at DraftKings Sportsbook is turn $1 into $100. Guys, they're back with a week three deal just as good as week one and week two. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool $100. How can you pass that up? And don't worry. If football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving you all MMA fans the same great offer to use for this weekend's UFC 253 fight. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week three, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code DNVR during sign-up. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You know what? If you have a winning bet, kind of like I did with my pick of the week last week when I took the Green Bay Packers to cover against the Detroit Lions, you want to celebrate? You want to celebrate with some good beer, some damn good beer, some Breckenridge Brew beer the official beer of DMVR. Of course, they've got that Broncos country beer that you can get in Colorado right now. Just look for the beautiful old school D with the horse logo. That tells you you've got Broncos country beer coming to you. But if you're a traditionalist and you like to just stick with what you know from Breckenridge Brew, hey, go get some Strawberry Sky. Go get some of the, the, the Nitro Porter. By the way, I found Breckenridge Brew for sale in Pittsburgh. 
on ooh, Saturday. Ooh, yes. lucky you. What we like to call Vanilla Porter Jr. It was sitting there, mm. right there. I got, I, 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 I bought a pack after. So we know about my Moscow mules, but uh, I got back to the room. I was watching a uh, documentary on the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and I was having some Breckenridge brews and uh, reflecting on, uh, reflecting on the life and legacy of uh, one of the most prominent jurists in the history of the United States, especially in the last 50 years or so. So you know what? It, it helped me uh, get through the night a little bit and just tells you also you can find Breckenridge brews anywhere. There's not really a good transition from that, but I'm going to make the transition because there I was in Pittsburgh, and I used that Breck beer finder to find out where I could get some of those delicious Breckenridge brews. So you know what? If you're in Pittsburgh, you don't have to have Iron City. You can have a taste of Colorado right there. If you are in Wisconsin, you don't have to have the, the beers that are produced in that state, and there are some really good ones, but you want that taste of Colorado when you're in Wisconsin, you can go on the Breck Beer Locator and find some Strawberry Sky like I was able to over the summer. So the Breck Beer Locator, can't recommend it enough because it'll help you find Breckenridge brews not too far from almost anywhere you are in this country. And don't forget, if you're in the Denver area, check out the farmhouse, the restaurant they've got down at their brewery in Littleton. It's right off Santa Fe, 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. for pickup. They'll bring your to-go order out to your car for you. Don't forget as well, you can eat in. Call that number, 303-803-1380. Make a reservation just to make sure that you're set with a table because they've got proper distancing protocols at the farmhouse in Littleton. And if you just want some brews, no sweat. That 15-can sampler, you can get it through Drizzle. You can go to a grocery store, a liquor store, Costco here in Colorado. Get that 15-can sampler and, and taste the array of Breckenridge Brews. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Right on, Mace. Let's talk to the people. First one coming in from Yellow Mustard. I know that this wasn't Elway's reasoning, but I'm pretty happy that he left a lot of salary cap on the table. Somehow, I don't think it's too late to say the season is over. All we can do now, develop the rookies and enjoy the little things. I'll keep bleeding orange and navy, and I can't wait to be back in the stadium next week. But it's time to think about the future. Nuggets in seven. (laughs) <laughs> yeah the season's not over and now there are some who may interpret the fact that you say i don't think it's too early to say the season is over or it's and it's time to think about the future in the same comment to say well those kind of collide they are you know one counters the other that's that's not the case and you know what even if the broncos can't get out of this early even if they struggle with Blake Bortles slash Jeff Driscoll. First, of course, Jeff Driscoll, of course. Even if they struggle, you know what? It's going to, it, it's going to be about learning what a lot of these young players have. And there's still a lot that you can get out of the season. There's still a lot to watch for as this season goes on. It's part of why, even in the loss last Sunday, I was encouraged. I was encouraged by the way K.J. Hamler played. I was encouraged by how Jerry Judy came back from – taking that hit and was making plays. I was encouraged by Noah Fant when he, when they finally involved him in the offense in the second half, moving the ball, you know, the the offense is much more efficient when they get Noah Fant, the football. I point that out in my piece on the DMVR.com. You can look at the per possession stats and it tells you when Noah Fant is is getting ball, the Broncos offense is moving. I, I think if they spread the ball around, make use of this young talent, they can do some good things on the offensive side. I do want to see more pass rush, though. 
especially this week against a stationary target like Tampa Bay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Low Country Bronco says, hey, fellas, just some perspective I can't help but give. I'm a strength and coordinating coach in, by trade. I discussed this with several colleagues of mine back in April uh, when COVID was really starting to mess with normalcy. The year-long macro cycle in terms of strength and conditioning for an athlete begins with the off-season. This is the deloading phase where athletes recover from the season and the previous year's training. The next stage is joint stabilization and balance work go get to the joints and supporting tendons and ligaments used to things like compression and sudden change of directions, etc. The next logical step in the process or in the prog progression is much muscular strength, which in turn continues to linearly prepare the joints for support. From here, specific or position specific and sport specific work starts. There is also the weight training protocol that is the baseline for maintenance and recovery throughout the season. While teams did what they could given the circumstance, given the constraints of the season, we jumped into this way too early. And as you can see, it's at the expense of the athletes. I understand the need and want for sport, but the athletes in the NFL have been done a disservice by the powers that be. Their health was not considered enough throughout the process. Mace, you mentioned months ago that the NFL Players Association should lobby for he law lifetime health insurance. After this season, that needs to be the number one priority at the next CBA get-together. Yes, they play a physical sport, but as someone with a lot of experience in the field, I can tell you def definitively and without question, this was severely mishandled, LCB. Yeah, I, I know it's one of those things that it's kind of a hard sell in these discussions because – there is cost associated with have, making sure there's access to health insurance uh, for life. And also it's something where the players would have probably had to give up some money in the short term, but it's one of those things that I think will pay off. It's, it's one of the things that uh, separates what major league baseball has. I mean, you, you play literally just a day and you're in and you're, you're in at least for being able to get health insurance through the MLBPA for the rest of your life. I, and I understand that probably the premiums uh, or, or the cost that the, the league would have to bear is going to be pr pretty high, but uh, you know, look at the salaries that are being brought in. I, I think it would have been a, a wiser play and I think it would have benefited more to make sure that the players had ask access to health insurance, no questions asked uh, for the rest of their lives. If they, as long as they play in the NFL for even, at least a little bit, that's something that, uh, you know, because that's something to me, just sitting here, to me, it matters. I think uh, these guys go out there, they put their bodies on the line for our entertainment. Our, I mean, my livelihood is based on the fact that these guys are playing football. Right. And it, it disappoints me that we uh, don't take care of them in the way, it, in the way that, that uh, we probably, the, the league doesn't take care of them in the way that it probably should because it makes their business possible. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Mace. I'm 100% on board with you with that. And great comment, Low Country Bronco. That's awesome that you bring your strength and conditioning uh, mm -hmm. trade to this and give us that perspective. I, I think you nailed it on the head. Amen. Thick Fangio. LOL with the laughing with tears emoji. What I meant regarding our chances versus Tampa Bay is that I think we have a real chance to hang in there. We have a defense that has held Henry and Connor very well, and I don't think Fournette will be any different. I think it will come down to an offense that has to rely on the passing game, much like the last two weeks, versus a team that can have success passing and running that will keep the defense on their toes. 
not to underplay the fact that the passing game is Tom Brady throwing to an amazing receiving core. Like I said yesterday, I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Both teams 30-plus. But like you said, we'll have to see Jay Driz versus a team that's prepared for him, and the news about Sutton puts a damper on things. But I have faith in Judy Hamler and Fant. Just keep Vanette the F off the field. Anyways, I would take the over if Denver is 3.5 dogs this week. Sorry for the long comment. Love y'all. Stay thick. 30 plus. Boy, oh boy. If Jeff Driscoll leads the Broncos (laughs) to 30 plus, I mean this just jokingly. Don't take me seriously. Quarterback controversy. <laughs> seriously, I mean that would just that <laughs> no. would be incredible. You don't have to worry about Blake Bortles starting a game for the Broncos if Jeff Driscoll puts up thirty points. Holy cow! You should uh, definitely go to DraftKings Sportsbook and uh, take the over on that. As long as you keep the man upright, absolutely, boy, oh boy. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, the the concern I have is the secondary, in particular, the the young cornerbacks against Tampa Bay's pass catching core. And also, and that includes the tight ends as well. So you, you have a concern about linebackers, cornerbacks, and the safeties have got to have got to make sure that they're in position to to help out and be able to to cover things over the top as, as well. That that's something that you need. Of course, the Bucks are going to have Chris Godwin back. He is through the concussion protocol. He missed the game against Carolina on Sunday. He's going to play this Sunday against the Broncos. So uh, that that's it's good for Chris Godwin. I'm you know you're glad he's healthy, but uh, not good news for the Broncos having to see uh, the Bucks pass catching core at full capacity here. And I'll say this: it was obviously against the Panthers, not as good as the Saints. Tom Brady looked a little bit smoother on Sunday than he did in Week One. So I expect some more bumps for Tom Brady and the Bucks, but. Uh, it's still going to be a pretty troublesome matchup, I think. Yeah, I agree. You're not playing the team that will eventually be in the Super Bowl right now, even though the Buccaneers will be in the Super Bowl this year. You're, you're more play- confident than I am. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm not uh, confident. I'm just so- happy if they get to the playoffs. But then again, they haven't played a playoff game since January of 08. Oh, they're so getting to ex- the they're getting yeah. to the playoffs, Mace. But, my but expectations they, are low. Uh, but they're, they're not going to be that good yet. Saying that, there's just so many injuries to this Broncos team. And yeah. speaking of those, lo, love thunder down under. Wow, coming in with a long one. And during the season, we do ask that you keep the comments on the shorter side just so we can get to all of them, especially when we're up against the time crunch like we are today. He says, beep, well, break out the whiskey and crank up the country. Here's an interesting thought as I finish my second bottle. Aside from Vaughn and Sutton, everyone could slash should be back by the bye. If you win, if you beat the Jets and Dolphins, you are two and five. If you can get seven and two on the back end, drop Chiefs to, or dropping games to the Chiefs and the Saints, you're in. Keep in mind, Denver went four and one last year. Not out of question to be seven and two. So this is where the amount of injuries and the timing is really odd. It's heavily, heavily concentrated to the difficult part of the schedule. If you're healthier when you play the medium difficulty games, Raiders, Chargers, Falcons, Bills, Carolina, that might just be the right timing. Lunacy, maybe. But remember, if you're subscribing to DNVR Broncos, you're doing it because you're a fan. That means you aren't here objectively. You're here for emotion. Here for the stories. Here to be happy. Here to be angry. Here to be upset. Everyone has something different in their fandom, but you're sure as heck not a fan due to rational objectivity. Sure, most diehard fans love the detail of the game and what the level of discourse is. That They want to feel objective, feel clinical, feel winning is all that matters, but all that is 
is a different channel for your beautiful emotional bias. I am not advocating for poor decisions by the organization or a lack of accountability to the fan base. I'd encourage people to recognize the imperfection and what happens is what gives it the sport the general shape, texture, and value. So focus on the stories that are being written and we'll that we'll, t that we'll talk about in 20 years at the DNVR bar. Remember the timeout in the Titans game? Sure glad Vic learned from there. Remember when Drew went down in the Steelers game in 2020? Amazing how that shaped the, the uh, character of the team and maturity of Drew. Remember Oj came back from the early struggles, struggles his rookie year and picked off Tom Brady? Remember that time when KJ Hamler took that slant against the Jets to the house? Remember 2020, the year when the Broncos stormed home to the final wild card spot, overcoming all adversity? Every year is about winning, winning it all, winning a Super Bowl in the NFL's case. It has to be. It's what gives football the richness it has. You don't know what will happen to your team or any other, or, or any other given week. So they should go and play and play to win. As, and as fans, we hold them to see what, it, what they have to take and see what stories take shape. And maybe when all is said and done, we need to remember that stories can be longer than seasons. And sometimes the Super Bowl the team was playing for this year wasn't in February 2021. Enjoy the moments that are happening as much as you can because you'll never know what they'll mean in the bigger picture. Now, where is the final bottle of whiskey I hit? It's only 9.30, it's only 9.30 a.m. here and a bottle O doesn't open for another 30 minutes. Beep me. <laughs> well put, yes. Yes, what he yes. said. <laughs> yes, exactly, well put. Thanks for the comment, Love Thunder Down Under. Yeah, yeah DP3107. Gentlemen, it's been a long time since I, said, since I sent a comment. Maybe one of the worst 24 hours in Denver sports history. The lock injury was most concerning to me because I just don't know if we've seen enough from him. I doubt this team picks in the top three this year, but who knows? I just have a hard time looking at Trevor Lawrence and Josh Fields and not taking one of those guys. As for Mr. Chubb, I know RK is sold. He, he gets a fifth year. I am not. He had a great rookie year, but the last two years he's on about a four-sack a season pace. Even if he gets a fifth year, no way he gets an extension at this point. I'm going to be realistic for the rest of the year and realize we're not a contender, so what the record is shouldn't matter. Well, I don't think it's fair to go on the season pace. I think with Chubb, you still have to say, okay, what is, what is his pace per 16 games rather than per season? Because then, you know, for example, with Bradley Chubb, you're including 12 weeks that he didn't play because, because of the ACL. So, but he's got to turn is, it up. Yeah. He's got to yeah. turn it up. Yeah, and my guess is that's what he's doing because he played in four games last year and had one sack. So last year he had a four-sack per game pace. This year, obviously, zero. Uh, and then as a rookie, he yeah. did get 12 sacks. So, it makes you're absolutely right. He has to turn it up. If he ends this season less than five sacks, then the Broncos really will have a decision on his fifth-year option, which will be yeah, very right, unfortunate. I mean, right now he's played in, uh, what, uh, 22 career games, I believe? Okay, I trust that. Did he play all? He played all sixteen as a rookie, or did he miss any? I think so. Yeah. Okay, that would put him on a pace of uh, nine point five sacks per sixteen games. Okay. Now, what's tough about that, or what you take into uh, uh, the picture when you're deciding on his fifth year option, is mm -hmm. he hasn't had nearly that pace right. for two full years. If he doesn't finish this year strong, that that's why. You know, it's not necessarily about him getting sacks against Tom Brady this week, although that would help the Broncos a lot. It's about him finishing the final eight games or the final nine games after the bye strong. Right. Like if he, let's say he finishes the year with seven sacks, 
but he has six after he has six in the last eight games. Right. You're probably saying, okay, he's back on track. We're going to pick up the fifth year option. Yeah. I think. And the other thing also to address the quarterback thing, look, if this team is bad enough to pick in the top three, you're probably drafting a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Because that means that Drew Locke came back and couldn't get you out of it. Yeah. And at that point, you're saying, all right, we have to take a long, hard look at Trevor Lawrence. We have to take a long, hard look at Justin Fields. And the bottom line also is it may require trading up depending on how things work out. I mean, for example, uh, let's say that say the New York Giants pick number one. Do they stick with Daniel Jones or do they decide to pick a quarterback? They should pick a quarterback, but there's a chance they could be sold on Daniel Jones. Yeah, if the Bengals pick one or two. Right. Well, the thing is, the, based on what we saw on Thursday night, there is a very plausible scenario where the Bengals go 3-13, and 13, but they're sold on Joe Burrow. Right. Kind of like the Colts went 3-13 and 13 in Peyton Manning's rookie year back in 1998. Right. And in that case, if that happens and you are in range to potentially make a deal up, yeah, it would cost you a lot. But Trevor Lawrence is generational. I mean, literally, yeah. he's the only – this guy's the only really tall quarterback, 6'6 six, six and up, that I've ever liked. But he's <laughs> just got that feel. He's got, he's got all the tools. I mean, that, and that's the thing to consider here. With all respect to Drew Locke, if you're in position to get Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is the generational prospect who's the no-doubt kind of slam dunk. Yeah. Sort of like we were talking about Andrew Luck back in 2012. Yeah, if you have your chan- a chance to get Trevor Lawrence, yeah. you, d- you do it no matter what. Uh, bleed orange and blue since 82. I need everyone to try and breathe. I know, y'all, it's difficult to watch the injuries pile up on our Broncos, but this season is far from over. I see a team that is learning and growing through difficult times together. I got, I got one and proud of this team, and I think big things are coming. Locke isn't out for the year. Jeff doesn't need to win the games. He just doesn't need to be the reason we lose. Let's be honest. We all know what happens when Brady comes to Denver. It's the only place he statistically struggles, and it's the only place he has a losing record. What about Cam who? Or what about Cam who also struggles statistically against the Broncos? Based on what I've seen so far, we can beat the Dolphins and Jets. So if Brady or Cam struggles like we have in the past, we could win three of the next four with the hopes Locke comes back against KC. Wait now. I said it. I say it out loud, praying for the Broncos, y'all. Is there any available free agents you believe could help this team and you think is worth signing? Uh, Blake Bortles? Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, right now, if you sign somebody, it's because everybody passed on him. I mean, actually – the best available free agent, most accomplished free agent right now is somebody like Todd Davis. Yeah, who Todd Davis right now, Mace, is uh, starting his COVID protocols with the Minnesota Vikings to mm-hmm. sign with old coach Gary Kubiak. Well, you know what? That is a defense that is crying out for help. Yes. After the first two games. Actually, you know what? The Vikings might be the most disappointing team in the league through two weeks. Yeah, I think so. They're, they're getting shredded. <laughs> yeah. It's been brutal. They're, they're getting shredded. Their quarterback is terrible, even though they're paying him tons of money. Yeah. It's been rough. It has yep. been rough. Love Thunder down under with 
another comment here. Can someone ask Pat Shermer if he watched how Darren Waller was used? The dude is lined up as a genuine receiver 80% of the time and looks great, but he doesn't look as gifted as Fant. Has anyone else noticed that Fant looks angry and determined every time the ball goes his way this year? Last year, he seemed timid, not now. Hashtag all board the arc. Hashtag no away can't be stopped. Hashtag fantastic. That's a great <laughs> observation. He, to use an analogy that I heard on the Apple TV show, Ted Lasso, he's running like he's angry at the grass. Mm, There's a yeah. fire that he's playing with that wasn't there last year. Not It was there at times. It was there more after he had that kind of come to Jesus moment at after the Chiefs game. Yeah. And he really started to kind of turn the corner. Now, I mean, he looked in Sunday in particular when Devin Bush was against him, man, it's like he wanted to prove that, oh, there's all this talk about Drew Locke and everybody else in that trade. Well, forget about that. One for one, my side's going to win that trade because they got me. <laughs> he won that day against Devin Bush. He did. He actually. He did. He did. No, bad. Yeah. Darren Waller was a beast last night. And if the Broncos use Noah Fant like Darren Waller, it'll even be a better game, man. Noah Fant is good. Get him the ball. You've got to think of Noah Fant right now as your wide receiver one. Right. In terms of how you're prioritizing him. Yeah, he, he absolutely should be. Absolutely should be. Next one coming in from Drew Lockerboy. All right, boys. I've been doing some research, and it seems to me that a few days after the intro was switched, the team went to, well, beep. So I propose we switch it for the remainder of the week and see what it does for our luck. Just playing with y'all unless, hmm, Drew Lockerboy. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Uh, What week in – when did we go to the – of course, we put the DNVR on it last year, but when in 2018 did you guys go to that song? We, uh, oh boy, I don't remember what, what week it was uh, okay. in, in 2018. Okay, so that's too bad because, I mean, we know that based on last year, it's the song is 7 and 11 with 2019 and the, or, or 7 and uh, 9 with 2019. So, I'm just curious what the record was. My point is it's not like the record was great with the old song, great fun as it was. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Mace, do we make the switch for the rest of this week and just see? No. Yeah, I don't no. think so. I don't think it is. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it has anything to do with it. So, no, I think we, I think we, we ride or die. Right on. So, Next one's Count Locula. Nice. From Count Locula, is Munchak signing off on Wilkinson? What gives love the count? He has to be, right? He has to be. Or why would you not be listening to Mike Munchak? Yeah. I mean, clearly they want Wilkinson to succeed. And one of the things that I know I kept noticing throughout the game was how often Munchak was talking to Elijah Wilkinson on the bench. And it wasn't like, it wasn't yelling. I mean, Mike's a good teacher and he's really even keeled. And you could tell, I mean, just looking at him, it wasn't the fire and brimstone uh, type uh, type. It was just, you know, trying to coax him up, trying to get him better, trying to, trying to help the kid out a little bit. So they believe in Wilk, they believe in Elisha Wilkinson. Yeah. Now I think they're going to have to help him. 
especially if he looks across the line of scrimmage and see Shaq Barrett staring at him on Sunday. Yes, they have, they have to help him, especially yeah. going up against Shaq. You, you just you can't leave him out on an island anymore. Uh, you know, he shouldn't really be out there anyways because you have DeMar Dotson, but now you have to help him. But the other thing is, I mean, you, you've got to help him, but uh, you've also got to provide a, a little bit of a boost for Lloyd Cushenberry on the interior because he had a rookie day on Sunday. Right, right. and that's and, why – yeah, and I asked Fangio about it on on Monday, and he compared Cushenberry's day to that of Michael Ojemudia. Yeah, he did. He did. That was uh, that was interesting um, because, yeah, that that was a good question, Mace. Well, I I think it sort of went under the radar, but the Steelers attacked Cushenberry, right? And I think you're going to see the Bucks attack Cushenberry as well. They're going to try to throw some blitzes, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them throw Levante David in on some A-gap blitzes to try to confound the Broncos' protection scheme a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and if I was the Bucks, I would certainly do that. And, man, if I was the Bucks, something else I would do is I would go attack some golf courses on WGT <laughs> this week. Get in some golf. And, guys, we want you to play with us and while I can't say anything specific right now, we've got something very exciting coming up on WGT with our tournament. So make sure to get into our clubhouses now and join it so that when we announce what's going on on WGT, you guys can get in and play with us. So how do you join us on the most popular golf game in the world we'll go to dnvrgolf.com to download wgt golf we ask that you go to dnvrgolf.com because that lets wgt know that you want to play with us download the free wgt golf app go into the clubhouse section once you've downloaded it and search for dnvr3 that's dnvr and the number three next to it that gets you access to all of our clubhouses and we have hundreds of members in the DNVR community, play in WGT golf, and we want you guys to play with us. Like I said, weekly tournaments with some cool things coming up with that. And you get to be in another awesome part of our community. And what I love about WGT golf is that you, you can play in five minutes or you can play for hours on your phone, uh, wherever you, you are with your phone, you can play. And it's so realistic. I love playing the real courses they have, like Pebble Beach and St. Andrews. So make sure to download WGT golf at dnvrgolf.com. If you play well at WGT Golf, you're going to be smiling. And if you're smiling, you want to make sure your teeth are in the best shape possible. Show off those pearly whites. And there's no better place to do it in the Denver metro area than with our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, the best damn family-owned de dentist in the Denver area. They're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. And that is not just some throw-in. That is something that will help you, help you generate better brushing habits. You get the Sonicare going, and it will tell you when to move to a different side, different part of your mouth. It'll tell you when to, when to keep brushing and when to stop. You should be brushing your teeth for two minutes. The Sonicare will help you do that. It'll keep you on schedule. Green Mountain Dental Group, they're a longtime partner of DMVR. They show us love. Show them some love. They're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver in Lakewood, and they want you to know that the first step to good health is by taking care of your mouth. So go check out Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, the best damn family-owned dentist in the Denver area. 
Mm, man, I've been smiling all day. Definitely need to check them out. Mace, speed round of questions so we yes. can get out to all of these before we talk to some Broncos. Saber Bronco. Hello, Mace, Zach, and RK. I have come to comment some negativity, so I've hopefully your podcast today had some more uplifting messages. I have to apologize in advance. I just want to say how concerned I am that the Broncos have the wrong coach in Denver right now. I love Fangio. He is unquestionably a defensive mastermind and has been a longtime great coach in this league. With that being said, as a head coach, I just haven't seen a killer instinct and haven't seen a guy who can coach his team to win in the final minutes. I have seen countless last-minute decisions do, or last-minute games decided due to poor coaching on Denver's part and rarely have seen it the other way. Whenever we have the ball on the final drive or need a defensive stop, we just can't do it all. And this can be applied many times last year and already in both our losing games this year. Save the injuries and all those excuses, but I feel the Broncos will have will be better coached. Could be two and zero right now because at the end of the day, with all the injuries, they still had a chance to win both games in the final two minutes. I don't want this season to be a pass for Fangio. I understand the injuries need to leave his mark on the team this season. We need to see more sacks, more turnovers, and a couple of games where the coaches to us have a win. I don't see this team winning a Super Bowl in the next decade with an average coach. He needs to prove he is a special coach that can lead this team. Otherwise, I feel like we are wasting time. Maybe an overreaction to a depressing 2020 start, but I just feel like Fangio has been less than advertised thus far. Sorry for my negativity. Much love. Well, what's interesting is that, uh, of course, the Broncos have played 11 one-score games, eight points or fewer in the last two seasons, and they are four and seven in those games. That 364 winning percentage is 24th out of 32 teams. So are they less than optimal? Yes. Could okay. be worse. The Buccaneers, by the way, in that same time span are three and six. So 333. And I don't think anyone argues that they don't have a good accomplished coach in Bruce Arians. So, you know, maybe these things can get turned around. At least you're not the Bengals. The Bengals are 0 and 10 in those games <laughs> under Zach Taylor the last two seasons. Uh, at least Zach spells his name right. A little Z-A-C out there from my guy, Taylor. <laughs> uh, of course. Cannot forget about that. Michow, this JV Broncos team has four to five wins in them. Jets, Dolphins, Panthers, maybe the Chargers at home. The draft pick is definitely going to be high, so why not embrace the suck? Hashtag tank for Trevor. And then Litvesky responds with tank for a tackle. Oh, yeah, and Mace, we kind of touched on it earlier, and Ryan and I touched on it yesterday. Ryan is, with the high draft pick, is really seeing a good tackle for the Broncos. If, if you're in position to get Trevor Lawrence, even with Drew Locke and how much I like Drew Locke and how much you like Drew Locke, Mace, you get the generational talent at the most yeah. important position in sports. So I think that's pretty obvious. And the bottom line is, if you're in position – to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. That means that when Drew Locke came back in, he couldn't he, he didn't carry the weight in the way you were expecting him to. Right. So you probably are looking in another direction. The question is, do you you might have to move up because you could be picking say third or fourth with a bad record like, like that. There are some really bad teams out there, by the way. It does appear so, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, the Jets are a horrible team. Actually, it hit me. I saw. I think it was from Richard Deitch on Twitter who pointed out that the Jets and Giants both had really low television ratings in the New York market, 
and people are like, oh, the ratings, the ratings, the ratings. Maybe there's an outsized effect on the ratings by the fact that the New York teams are terrible. Yeah, yeah, could be. Man, just wait till uh, Trevor Lawrence is in New York. And both of these teams have drafted quarterbacks recently, so it's a reminder that just because you uh, draft a quarterback high, it doesn't mean that you're going to get things turned around. Although that being said, Sam Darnold actually made some really good throws on Sunday for the Jets. There's just nothing around that poor kid. Yeah. I, I feel bad for him. I, I, Sam Darnold, I think if you get him into a situation where there's a, a good culture and a good team surrounding him, I think you can win with him. Yeah. I, I've, seen enough, I've seen enough glimpses. I've seen enough flashes right now. It's just that he is not that quarterback that can lift everybody up. I mean, he's, if the team is bad, then he's not going to be able to turn, turn it from 4-12 and 12 into 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. That's not him. So that, that means he's not elite. But is he good enough to be a starter and good enough to win for you in the right, situa- in the right situation? Absolutely. And the Jets are just everything but the right situation. Man, and we'll get to see how much of a dumpster fire that situation is in just nine oh, days from now. <laughs> if the Broncos lose to the Jets. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say it, but, man, the Broncos lose to the Jets. And if they're 0-4, I, I know I had them at 1-3, so it's not like I had them starting well. Right. If they're 0-4 and, and they lose to the Jets, man, it's well then then you would have you would give them no chance to beat the Patriots the following week then. Yeah, and you're hoping they beat the Dolphins, but then you're no chance to beat the Chiefs and it's the Dolphins is a is a way tougher game than the Jets in my mind. Oh, absolutely. Even at home with a long week. The 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 uh the Dolphins play hard. Yeah. That's yeah, and, and you never know what you're getting with Fitzpatrick. You you may yeah. get, you know, a 95-yard four-interception game. You may get 400 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, I think the worrisome thing with the Jets is that a lot of a lot of guys out there and the team in general, they just, I, I see, you know, you see Sam Darrell making some good plays, but there's not a lot of fight in, coming from that team right now, whereas you see a lot of fight from the Dolphins. Exactly, exactly. Manning's forehead, one of Shula or Shermer, and one of Donatel or Fangio need to go to the box for better perspective. Completely unrelated, but I will never understand why we didn't hire Kyle Shanahan in 2017. Considering how dedicated LA is to using a West Coast 90s scheme, I can't believe he didn't go with the freaking disciple of the guy who got Elway into the West Coast offense. I agree with RK, and I don't believe Fangio is the guy who will bring us to the promised land. And I wonder what we would look like if we had hired Munchak as head coach. Who's the offensive coordinator? I assume Fangio would have not left Chicago, so who's our defensive coordinator? Maybe Donatel leaves for the chance to get out from under Vic's shadow. I don't think any – obviously Vic wouldn't be here. I don't think Donatel would be here. He's really a Vic guy. Yeah, I don't know who Munchak would have brought in as the OC or the defensive coordinator. You pretty much changed the entire outlook of things. Yeah. The, the one thing with M- Mike Munchak that you can say for him is that he kept a declining Tennessee team competitive. And when it was sort of a mutual thing, but they couldn't agree, he didn't want to fire some coaches, and so – they moved on from him. When he left Tennessee, the bottom completely fell out on that franchise. Yeah, yeah. And it, it became clear that Munchak was the glue that, it held, that was holding everything together. Yeah. And so maybe that – I don't know who he would have brought in as, as the coordinators, so I don't know what the tactics would have been. I mean, you know, 
Munchak has been around some different schemes over the years. And, but I, I wonder, but I, I, it was funny because I thought Munchak, I honestly thought Munchak would get the job. I did but too. Vic, he, but, but he was my Vic front did, runner. Yeah. Vic did, Vic interviewed very well. And Vic, uh, in the process of interviewing, his vision was kind of, and his diagnosis of what was wrong with the Broncos was on point with uh, what John Elway and everybody else saw. Right. But uh, so far I, I'm not, you know what? I really don't want to, I don't want to get into the, uh, the, the coach firing thing here because it's way too early. Yeah. Um, but there was an interesting quote from Shelby Harris to Mark Kisla about the culture. Do you have it in front of you? In the, in the wake of in the wake of Sunday's game, um, or can you paraphrase? I, I want to get it right here, so let me just look it up really fast. Of course, the Denver Post is a well, Mace. When you it's look a very, at it's a very buggy site. Okay, I got it right here. Okay. Shelby Harris said the headline. The quote is in the headline. We've got to change. We've got to change the culture. He said, "Same losing ways, going through the same stuff. We've got to change the culture." Wow. That says it right there, doesn't it? But I, but is he? I don't think he's talking about coaching. I think he's talking about something bigger. Shelby's been around the last four years. He's seen four losing. He's seen three losing seasons in a team that started zero and two. Right. Maybe there, and I think that's where you get to another worrisome thing. It's probably it might be bigger than the coaching. Right. Yeah, that's worrisome. That's worrisome when it spreads beyond yeah. that. There's no doubt about that. And what's also worrisome is this next comment. Broncos since seven. Did Nick Wright know something? His record prediction may be a lot closer than we thought now. LOL. Well, <laughs> you know what? We can use the, uh, the reasons of injuries. Right. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> They're only two. Okay. I mean, there's a long way to go. Right. They're gonna get, you know, they're not gonna get Cortland back. They they may not get Vaughn back, but they will get Drew Locke back. They will get Draymond Jones back. I think even though there are going to be bumps, you're going to microwave Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, and I think they're going to be able to handle the accelerated growth that they're going to have to have. I think Noah Fant's going to have going to do some big things. Yeah, this is still a team that's got a lot of talent out there. Yeah, and there's think, there's no doubt. And I think too much talent to go to go three and thirteen, especially when they should have Drew Locke back for the balance of the season once they get through the next few weeks. Yeah, so Broncos in seven. I hope we're not talking about how that comment just seems to be more right in like week thirteen or something. <laughs> next one from negative false positive. I just heard that Fangio is starting Wilkinson again. I really want to have continuity, but Vic seems slow to adapt. What are your thoughts? Also, I'm with you. Sit everybody until the bye, then work on progression. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I know DeMar Dotson is still getting acclimated to things, but still, this is, this, is, this is worrisome. And if Wilkinson struggles, I think they have to make a move. Shoot, I probably would have made a move at halftime uh, of the Steeler game. And that's actually when I predicted before the season the move would come. Yeah. Uh, Again, the one thing with Wilkinson is that there is a belief that he can get better, whereas DeMar Dotson, he's at the, toward the end of his career. Right. We've seen the best of DeMar Dotson. He is a Band-Aid. He's short-term. Elijah Wilkinson has the chance to benefit for the long term. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying that's their thinking as to why they're 
continuing to push him out there. It's like in Top Gun when, you know, Maverick's got Goose's death in his head and he's still struggling and they keep saying, send him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the only thing I can think of is once they pull the plug on Wilkinson, then he's, he's just done. And so they want to give him as many opportunities right. as possible. I think you guys all know where we stand with this. They, they, they should move on to DeMar Dotson. Right. Dan Burke. Hey, guys, I saw a stat on next-gen stats, and Hamler is leading all receivers in terms of cushion allowed. Kind of crazy that a rookie receiver was given that level of respect by the Steelers' defense, but it shows how much of a threat he can be. And you know what? You saw last night with Henry Ruggs only had one catch, but he forced a, a P.I. deep that basically clinched the game. Yep. Yep. And I think you've got some possibilities there that you can use K.J. Hamler in the same way. So even if he's not catching passes, if he's discombobulating a defense, he's helping you out. Yep. Also, I'm sure news about the Broncos visiting you with Bortles will be widespread by the time you all read this, but I'm all for it. They're going to struggle this season. Might as well make it entertaining. Well, we got into <laughs> Blake Bortles earlier. Bortles! You, you were thinking just on the same lines as us, Dan Burke. I love it. Abs Watch 22. Hey, DNVR Broncos gang, how's it going? Me? I'm ready to bend, but not break. You know why? There's still a way to make the playoffs, and because 2020 is so weird, no one can tell me it can't happen. My crazy scenario is Broncos limp into a 2-5 and five record for the bye week after getting thrashed by the Chiefs. Insert single-tier face emoji here. But we'll review some extra film, have some real sit-downs with the offense, and when they return from the bye week, they will finish 8-1. That one is also dropped to the Chiefs. And how about it? And how soon is it to see Albert Ochocinco? Thanks, guys, again, for all your hard work. And a little extra spotlight from Mace for flying to and from Pittsburgh for the game. Cheers, gang. Go DNVR and go Broncos. Yeah, it was uh, good, to see, good to see him in person. It was, uh, it was, it was not normal. I'll, I won't say that. But uh, it, was, it was good to be there, good to be back on the road. I had my, I had my protective equipment on the plane. You know, it was, it was tolerable. It was doable. Good, good. And so Pittsburgh was beautiful. And Pittsburgh was I, – I, I put some pictures and some video out there on social media. Pittsburgh was gorgeous. Yeah. I've, I've been to Pittsburgh once, and, and I liked it. Yeah, it's a, good, it's, it's a good town, good time. I wish we went there more often, but alas. Hunter P., I see a lot of parallels between this Broncos team, the 2018 49ers. The previous year, Jimmy G came in and led the team to five wins to give the team hope and momentum heading into 2018. Jimmy G was hurt early in 2018, and as a result, the 49ers were able to add a top-five talent, Nick Bosa. Obviously, the 2019 49ers would go on to play in the Super Bowl. I see no reason why we cannot accomplish something similar. This Broncos team wasn't winning the Super Bowl this year anyway. With cap flexibility and the potential of a top-five pick, this team could certainly be a contender next year. Additionally, the injury to Sutton could lead to a similar contract situation as Chris Harris a few years ago. If he went on to another Pro Bowl season, we, could, we would be looking at giving him a massive extension. Yeah, um, that's uh, – I like that. I like that. Broncos competing in 2021. I think we can all get behind that. I, I like that as well. But the, the one thing um, uh, with Chris Harris Jr. and, and sort of a, a, a difference here is that you see, you know, he would have to take less than market value. And if Cortland Sutton bounces back next year, why would he take less than market value when he, if he proves he's all the way back? And, oh, by the way, this year you might find out that Jerry Judy can be a wide receiver one. So, right, right. There's a little more in play here than just Cortland Sutton's recovery from the injury. 
Yeah, exactly. LDJ, hey guys, thanks so much for your input yesterday. I apologize to Broncos country. Cooler heads have prevailed and emotions have tempered. That's how life is. You have to move on and control the things you can control. So with that said, if you could draw up a successful game plan with the talent we have remaining on offense, what would it be like? What would you like to see us do to lead the offense to success and scoring points? And also, do you think Tyree Cleveland deserves more snaps than Deshaun Hamilton? I'm just super curious to see what we have in Tyree Cleveland with his hands, speed, and big body. Check out my piece on thedmvr.com where I say how you adapt without Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton and with Jeff Driscoll with the young receivers filling in. I think that kind of yeah. tells the tale of, of how to adapt and still have some success. That's exactly, yes. what, that's exactly what it is. Great piece, too, by the way, Mace. Thank you. Kirk Smith 44. I see a lot of tank comments on here and Twitter, and I have some thoughts. I believe that nothing good comes from tanking other than the draft pick you acquire. Sure, we could turn that drop, top draft pick into a few more through trades if we think Locke is the answer, but the culture you create by handcuffing your talent can be irreversible. Look at the NBA. The Sixers tanked for years to get two MVP-type players, but they have difficulty getting out of the losing culture they created. In the NFL, the Jets have high draft pick after high draft pick, but players like Jamal Adams say, get me the hell out of here because of the losing culture. Minka Fitzpatrick, Odell Beckham Jr., the list goes on and on for players who do not want to be in a losing culture. We have to think with a team this young what tanking would do to the mindset of players like Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, Drew Locke, if we embrace the full-on tank. I would rather put my best team out there every week, improve the talent we have, and if we lose because we aren't as talented due to lack of depth, then so be it, but don't embrace the world of suck. One thing, though, about tanking, it may be something you see in some organizations, but no player is tanking. Because no player wants to put out bad film for their own careers. Exactly, exactly. And, and also what people need to know, the Broncos aren't going to tank. The Broncos haven't tanked to 0-2. They have not intentionally done that. John Elway has not had those conversations. And for better or for worse, John Elway is not going to. John Elway is not going to send the Broncos into full tank mode. If the Broncos end up with the top pick, it's just because they were bad and right. because the injuries that they had just absolutely killed them. It's not going to be they, because of the organization. They've lost by a combined seven points to two good teams. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Ugh. That's not a tank. Not no. a tank job. And you remember last year they lost some close games early, and then they normalized as a team that was right around 500 and finished one game above 500 over the course of the last 12 games because – Shelby Harris knocked down the pass in the end zone in week 17. So, yep. I mean, that's the thing. Right now, and if the, if the injuries stabilize, then this team should normalize somewhere around 500. Yep, yep, I agree, I agree. Next one coming in from Bangkok Bronco. Hey, gents, just wanted to express my disappointment in the fact that Blake Bortles signed an entire seven minutes ago and there hasn't yet been an emergency pod. Looks like you forgot your Strava Craft coffee today. Double B out. <laughs> we don't need an emergency pod when the timing is perfect for a regular pod. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the news happening early today. So yes, exactly. Have to go hit the panic button. Kodiak no fly zone. Okay, I've held my tongue for two days after the game and after listening to the pod. First off, Blake Bortles is not the damn answer. Denver's moves lately have been questionable at best. They look slow out there. If quarterback is the end-all, be-all, then why do the Chiefs look so good with a backup last year? They look more exciting than we have as of late. 
So the argument goes to the head coach, right, or play callers. I'm not saying fire Vic or anyone else because that sure as hell ain't the answer. But even before injuries, we did not look fast-paced like I'd hoped we would. We look bland and boring, and every time we have the ball, I'm just hoping for a first down. Every time the defense is on the field, it's stagnant. There's no fire when they play. I don't want to be negative, but bleep me. Make Blake bleeping Bortles is not the bleeping answer. Also, bleep the Raiders. I hope they lose every game. He's not supposed to be the answer. I was going to say, Mace, what would be the answer? There is no answer. (laughs) The answer would have been putting more money into the backup quarterback position in the offseason. It would have been Chase Daniel, someone who's got a longer history of of stable play and and also could be a veteran mentor as he gets into his mid-30s. Or if you wanted somebody who was damaged goods but still had some upside if you could fix him, Jameis Winston. Right. Okay? But you didn't want to create a controversy for Drew Locke, and that's why someone like Jameis Winston wasn't going to be a Bronco. And uh, there was no good answer right now. The Broncos couldn't have signed anyone to make the entire fan base happy right now. And you know what? A, A trade for Jameis Winston just wasn't going to happen. Next one coming in from Grumpy Pancake. I'm a bit late on this one, but thank you for the clarification last week when I was upset about about that play where Jewel was blocked into grabbing the helmet. I only saw the play twice, so I didn't get a good enough look to notice that. My bad. That's why I'm glad y'all are here to clarify some things. For people like me who don't have as much time to analyze this stuff. And darn, this season is is weird so far, isn't it? I'm going to try to keep up as pain keep up as painful as it may be not sure we can border all bordle our way out of this one much love colin p.s funny cool and hip with rk's face on a t-shirt would be dope the question is can you barter with bordles <laughs> what do you think Perhaps. I was looking for another B word there, but one escaped me. And finally, pick toss for 66. A few from me today. Number one, agree with your take on Vic on this pod. We are getting a watered-down version of his defense because he is now juggling head coaching duties and also because he isn't in the booth. He needs to be in the booth on game days and focus on the defense. Let him be the head coach during the week for preparations and game planning. Two, usually backup quarterbacks get figured out really quick, but I think there's a chance that Driscoll gets better. He had no practice time during the weeks. There were no plays from the game plan to use. Have to think on the third and two or fourth and two that one of them will be a zone read if he had the practice time. That play needs practice because of the mesh point timing, so you can't run it without practice. Hopefully we turn Driscoll loose with his legs now to go along with pounding the rock with Gordon. Three, Mr. B. Four, I understand your take on resetting the season and planning for next year. We just can't have that mindset. This team has to keep building on the momentum from the end of last year, no matter who is in the lineup. The culture was starting to change, and we have to keep that rolling. The guys are playing hard, and we are competitive. If we can string some dubs together with a lot of depth guys, then that continues the build. Well, Yeah, and I think actually the Broncos could end this season with a worse record than they had last year because of these injuries. But at the end of the season, we kind of feel the same way about the Broncos that we did at the end of last season. If Drew Locke comes in, goes on a little run, maybe the team goes, uh, you know, what, six and three with Drew down the stretch after the bye week, then we're feeling the exact same way. It's just unfortunate that injuries kind of bumped uh, this road one year down the line if, in fact, uh, the Broncos' backup quarterbacks now with Blake Bortles aren't able to hold the ship afloat. One thing that is clear, I bring this season up, and Zach, I know you'll roll your eyes. But the 08 Packers season, where they went 6-10, and 10, 
but found out Aaron Rodgers was the guy. That's the type of season that's in play right now. Yeah, and that, that, that you're hopeful for. Right. As crazy as that is to say, well, but you are 0-2. So you'd be finishing 6-8, and eight, and most of those wins, if not all of them, would likely be under Drew Locke. Very and true. before we get out of here, got to tell you guys about our good friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood one more time because they are fantastic. They've treated us like family. They treat you like family. They've been rolling with us for so long. They've shown us the love, so make sure to show them the love. And they will also show you the love by not just taking care of your teeth, but if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, they'll hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a win-win deal. Go get your teeth checked out at Green Mountain Dental. Schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam, and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush to take care of your teeth on the days that they aren't taking care of your teeth. So make sure to check them out. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. And again, they're great people over there, big-time sports fans and big-time DNVR fans. So make sure to check them out. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you so much for rolling with me, my friend. And thank you all so much for rolling with us today. It's going to be a wild ride. It's going to be a fun ride. And we're going to have fun with it. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us each day. We will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now 
and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 